Welcome to another episode of Chan with the Plan, the podcast. I'm your host, Max Chan. There are truly only two ways to get a job, through applying online or through networking. The saying is, applying online will help you get a job, while networking and building relationships will get you the job. Although a lot of professionals know about the benefits of networking, a lot of them do not know how to do it properly. And there's no better person to bring on the show to talk about networking than a recruiter that's on the front lines who has received hundreds of messages on LinkedIn from professionals that want to work at her company, which is one of the top beauty companies in the world. Her name is Brittany Ramsey, and for seven plus years, she has been a talent recruiter for various companies, agencies, and now with one of the top beauty companies in the world. She is also the creator of Be Well Mindset, wherein she helps professionals cultivate more meaning and growth in their career through one-on-one intensive coaching sessions to transform their careers through mindset work and growth strategies. Also in this discussion, she talks about how networking should not only be for when you are looking for a job. Networking can be very beneficial for the long-term growth of your career as well. Now let's get into my discussion with Brittany on networking strategies to help you land your next job and successfully grow your career long-term. Hey, Brittany. Hi. Thanks for having me here today. Great. I really appreciate you taking the time. How's your week so far? It's good. It's busy and, you know, can't complain about the weather here in LA. So just soaking up the sunshine. LA is always nice. It's, it's never cold, right? It's, it's always warm? <laughs> always. I actually get confused at like what month it is right now because it's just constantly sunny. So can't complain about that. If I were to guess how many winter coats you have, it'd be one for going outside of LA. Well, the funny thing is I grew up in Ohio and I lived in Chicago, New York City. So I actually have a closet filled of winter coats and hats that I have not used in in months. So I have them stocked up and ready to go if I go to the mountains. Nice. So I wanted to bring you on today because you're in the recruitment space. And one of the things that a lot of people are really trying to emphasize now is networking. And a lot of professionals don't know how to properly do it. They think networking is just, for example, like going on LinkedIn and reaching out to somebody and asking for a, like a conversation. But right. uh, in your opinion or in your definition, what is networking to you? Networking to me is lifelong. It's it's not just when you need a job. Networking is not when you need something. It's something you continuously need to cultivate throughout your career because each one of those connections, whether it's LinkedIn, whether it's in person, will actually then create a really strong journey for you. And that's completely necessary throughout your career and life. So for me, networking, I I almost don't even like the term. To me, I, I call it more of career relationships and And that's truly what it is. It's not just, I need a job. I'm going to reach out to you. That's not networking, right? It's just that you need something. So that's how I look at it. And I've always looked at it that way because I've seen the benefit in in really leaning into the long-term growth of networking versus just the short-term need. And you're in the recruitment space, so you must get a ton of DMs on LinkedIn. Am I right? Uh, yeah, I'm laughing here because I have just like hundreds, a lot, a lot of messages. Yeah, 
day-to-day constantly coming in my inbox, in LinkedIn, and my email too, if if someone gets my email, my current role. Obviously, you're not going to respond to everybody. So what are the common messages that you get that you tend to ignore? Yeah, it's a good question. The ones I tend to ignore are long. They are probably four to five paragraphs of pitching, you know, why they like where I work. Yeah, they're very long. And honestly, I don't read those, right? Because I have dozens and dozens of those in in my inbox. They also lack a connection to who I am. So the great thing about LinkedIn is you can open up someone's profile and you can see my trajectory, right? And so frequently I get reached out to, and I know people haven't looked at my profile because they just see where I work. They send a, a message and they don't actually see what I do. So for instance, they might say something about campus recruitment or something within a different industry that I'm I'm not in. And and so those are the ones I, you know, I don't respond to because you haven't done the work to actually connect with me and and learn about me. So that and then yeah, also just generic messages that you know are kind of mass produced. I've I've had ones that don't have the correct name and correct spelling. Right. So those are little things that you you might want to pay attention to the details. My name is Brittany B R I T T A N Y. <laughs> and you know, a lot of people might say a different name or spell it wrong. So those are things that I see that I, I just usually don't respond to. So Brittany is a common name, but I'm assuming from what you said, people say Brittany, like Britney Spears, right? Like you, you get that too? Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. So which messages do you respond to? Yeah. So the messages I respond to are concise. They get to the point and they're not pitching themselves, right? So it, it's often just a curiosity and a, and a specific question too. For instance, hey, I noticed you went to, I went to Ohio State for my undergrad. I went to DePaul for my graduate degree and master's. So people might say, hey, go Bucks," or hey, I noticed you lived in Chicago. It's calling out a specific connection that that person either comes from something similar or is just genuinely interested. Hey, I noticed you worked at this company or you're in this space, right? It's concise and specific. And it means that you've done the two second job to pay attention to those details. Another thing is to having a specific question. So when you keep your questions very broad in, I want to hear about your career, I want to hear about your trajectory. Well, those are really broad questions. And to be honest, I couldn't even answer that in five minutes, let alone a message. So it's about being concise. And it's also about not overselling your background, but being concise about what you can do to add value. So for instance, the ones I like to respond to are when candidates reach out and say, hey, I've noticed this job is open. I think I can add this value because X, Y, Z. Not a huge pitch on your experience because there's hundreds thousands of people out there with the same experience. I want to know, you know, how we can connect, how you can add value. And uh, and then lastly, I'll say the ones I do respond to are just genuine, like short and genuine. And, and you really want to learn something. I am completely open, you know, for responding to that. So it's just about adding the humanization to the virtual world of reaching out. Okay, so let's say I want to work for your company. And I don't have any experience in that industry. However, yeah. I have the skill set that you're looking for, as an example. So yeah. if I reach out to you, 
I should have a good, quick, custom tailor message and just being genuine in terms of like, I'm interested in your company because this and this, and this is how I can add value in a very concise format that's not too long, right? Is that the best approach that you would say? Yeah. And look, there's different ways of going about it, but you could say, for instance, hey, Brittany, notice your background as a digital marketing recruiter. And I saw this position posted from my background. What you might not actually be able to see is that I impacted the business at, you know, my current media agency and I drove sales XYZ and would love this opportunity to add that value to your company. Can you connect me with the hiring manager? Something that also has like a direct like response, right? That isn't so open-ended. Can you let me know if you're still hiring for this? Can you let me know who I can be in touch with? Something very, you know, specific. And again, how can you add value from your background that I might not see? And, you know, let me know what that is. In terms of the call to action, do you want, as a recruiter, just a quick question answer? Or can they ask you, hey, do you mind having like a quick chat? Or would you want to just have a back and forth in the DMs before you get the ask about like, let's have a quick chat? It's a good question. I will say that, again, it depends. I think, put yourself in in a recruiter's shoes, right? We get, especially the company I'm at. So I work at a global beauty company, which means that there's 90,000 employees, which means there's a lot of jobs in the US, right? There's 11,000 employees in the US. Again, a lot of openings. So if you do the math and understand that I have so many messages coming at me, and if I literally talk to every person that said, can I just throw 20 minutes on your calendar? You know, that's tough. I I can, unfortunately, I can't do that. And then it puts me in an uncomfortable situation, right? I have to tell you, unfortunately, I don't have that time. And so just put yourself in my shoes, like getting on the phone with every single person that has a question, it's not ideal. So let me answer your question quickly in the, you know, in the message. And then guess what? If we have kind of this correspondence back and forth, and it seems genuinely that you could be good for the role. Great. Then let's set up time. Let me connect you to the hiring manager. But when it's right away of let's talk for 30 minutes, it it feels a little, think about it this way. It's almost like you're jumping to like a first date and I haven't even met you. (laughs) So give it, give it some space, right? Give it, Give it a little moment. All right. So you recommend don't do the ask right away. Just build it up. No. Uh, ask a build few good up. questions to, to build that rapport before you go for the ask. Because exactly. there's an uh, investment in the relationship at that point. So then you can genuinely ask yeah. if they wanted to chat after. It's perfectly said. Yeah. It, it's really tough to just come in t- too strong and, and you know hop on that call right away. How about following up? How do you know if you should follow up because they're just busy or they are not interested? Like, What's your take on that? It's a good question. I always encourage following up because there's times where, again, my inbox of messages gets really full. Sometimes people follow up two, three times. And then I'm, I realize, wow, I'm so sorry. You know, you'd actually be great for this role or I'm happy to answer your question. It's definitely to me welcomed. Now, is there a cap? Maybe you don't want to follow up eight times or maybe you do. It depends honestly how bad you want the job. And to be honest, like at some point, if you keep following up, I will probably respond, right? So I would say it's how bad do you want to connect and want the job? But, you know, be respectful. I I would say the one thing is if I do follow up, with people and and say, you know, I don't have the time. I have gotten responses back like, oh, that's disappointing. I would have been great for the job. Honestly, if, if you take the feedback that in a networking relationship, 
it's, it's about taking that feedback too, right? And if you're following up, just do it in a respectful way and continue to cultivate. Again, it's that relationship. How do you build a relationship? You have to give and take a little bit. So I want to share a story with my audience between how we met. So it's mid-April and I've reached out to you in early February. So it took about what, like two and a half months to finally for us to schedule some time and to take part in this podcast, right? So just for everybody listening, so this is my uh, process. So I reached out to Brittany on LinkedIn. We did some back and forth uh, exchanges on LinkedIn DMs. And then she told me to email her for more detail. And then that Mm -hmm. emailing went back and forth for a little bit. Then I didn't hear from her for a while. And then I sent one last message to say, hey, I'm just reaching out to see if you're still interested. If not, that's okay too. So I always like to do the exit clause just to Mm -hmm. make sure that they don't feel cornered into saying yes. But Brittany obviously said, oh, I'm really sorry. I definitely want to still do it. And then we schedule something. But it's just to let everybody know that's listening. It took me about two and a half months to get Brittany on my podcast. (laughs) I feel like a celebrity. No, but look, I mean, but... What you did was in the beginning of our conversation, by the way, I remember you were kind of asking me like what I did. And again, it was a back and forth, right? We were getting to, and I saw that you were also a career coach. I was like, this is great. Love connecting with people that have a similar passion as me also being a career coach, right? So it's finding that commonality and it's finding that connection and allowing the space to for someone to respond. It's allowing the space for someone to ask a question, right? And then when I was like, yeah, Max, like, absolutely contact me, then I'm giving you kind of that next step. So it's a great trajectory of how we came together in this podcast. And it just goes to show for candidates out there looking to cultivate new professional relationships, it, it might take a little bit and patience is key. Yeah. So like a perfect example is like, I've been talking to professionals and they tell me that networking doesn't work. And I said, what do you mean it doesn't work? And they said, I've, I've talked to a few people, didn't go anywhere. But networking is a long game because one of my clients yeah. that I work with, she hired me, but I told her that you'll get your interviews at these top tech companies, but you it's going to take at least two to three months because you have to cultivate and build these relationships over time. You can't connect and blast everybody. It's going to take time to build these relationships. And then I, I reached out to her recently and she was getting those interviews at those companies at the same trajectory that I told her it would take. Because again, as we said, like networking isn't just talk to a few key people and then they refer you in. It does take time to build those relationships and build that trust. Yeah, for anyone listening, like allow space to not expect necessarily maybe like take away the expectation, right? Approach it in a curiosity, in a true way of, you know, I'm really curious about this company. So I'm going to reach out to someone at the company to just learn about it. So I would say a few like tips in general is be genuinely curious. And if you are, you're going to get more of a response versus just pitching yourself. And again, be patient is key. And another thing, diversify. So when you're thinking of how you're building your network, you want to diversify. You don't just want to be connected to a bunch of recruiters. Like, I mean, to be honest, you want to be connected to the people at the company, right? Because statistics show we're around anywhere between 30 to 40% on average could go higher of hires at companies are referrals. So, and again, that number can greatly vary depending on the company, but just that's probably a general rule, at least what I see. So if you're looking at 30% of hires being referral based, that means you probably want to know someone on the inside, not necessarily just the recruiter, because then that hiring manager or that peer is going to say, Hey, 
you know, I'm going to submit your resume directly. And, and we take employee referrals, you know, very seriously, because then that means that person probably knows that other individual and, and can vouch for, for them as a talent. Yeah. And to add to that, the recruiter plays a vital role in the hiring process in terms of the essentials is to screen the candidates and shortlist them and then send them to the hiring manager. But at the end of the day, the hiring manager and the panel that supports the hiring manager is the ones that make the decision because they have the expertise and not a lot of people understand that. They think, oh, the recruiter's going to give me a job. No, the recruiter selects the best candidates to not waste the hiring manager's time. Then the hiring Mm -hmm. manager goes through the more intensive process to ensure that they are hiring the right person. Is that... Is that the good uh, good way to do it? it? Yeah, that's very well said. And and that is why if you're inundating the recruiter, I'm just the one kind of holding the door open. Like you said, I'm filtering through and I'm assessing a lot of candidates. But if you can start to build a network from truly within, right? So for instance, if you're a digital marketer or if you're in media or if you're in product, You want to start building more of that network, your peer base, or just someone that inspires you. That is the smarter way to do it. And because again, like to your point, that's going to be the teams that are hiring and making the final decision. So we understand how important networking is to get the referrals, but it seems like people still just want to do online resumes. I've I've spoken to a few career coaches and they tell their clients or whoever to network and then they come back and they say, I still haven't gotten a job. And they said, have you networked? I know I've just been applying more jobs. It seems like people are afraid to network. So why are people afraid to like reach out to strangers, even though we had no one to answer to that? But like, why is it so like nerve wracking for people? Well, I think there's two things. One is just our generation is, is shifting, right? That the, the days of applying to a job in the newspaper or even online, that's how we used to do things. And because of technology, we have quickly shifted that. I mean, within a matter of five to 10 years, right? So a lot of people, it's comforting. It's comforting to know that at one point, you can just put your resume in a system and hopefully get a call back. That's the old way of doing things. Now we're in a complete different world. But a lot of people are uncomfortable with that because guess what? It takes being vulnerable. It takes putting yourself out there. You're going to be rejected and it's not going to always feel the best, right? When you've reached out to 20 people and you haven't gotten a response yet. So it's that comfort it being able to also take the time. Again, as we said earlier, what are this whole thing took two and a half months-ish. So think about that. Like People don't want to take the time to build out their network. And it's tough. We're, we're tough on ourselves. We, we want instant gratification. We want that resume submitted and we want a call tomorrow. So when you think about the work that goes into quote unquote networking, it is a lot of work, but it will pay off exponentially versus just submitting your resume. All right. So I'm going to spin this to your personal life. How has networking helped you in building the career that you have now? Yeah, I have several stories. And I will say it first was a mindset shift for me. When I first moved to New York City, I didn't know anyone. My husband got a job and we picked up everything in six weeks and moved to the city. So I was feeling very overwhelmed and I was working from home at the time where no one worked from home. Like it was, you know, kind of, I think it was 2016 and most mainly people were in the office, right? So for me personally, I knew I'm such an outgoing and I thrive on energy of people. I knew I had to do something different, but it was a mindset shift. I went to, I 
actually a networking event for alumni at Ohio State. And the person on the panel said, you need to network when you don't need something. And that changed the way I approached everything moving forward. So I didn't need a job. I was working from home, right? And I was comfortable. I was making good money and I was fine. But something clicked in that moment. And I realized for me to thrive in New York City and for me to you know, be, meet more people and expand my future, not today, but my future, I need to start putting myself out there. And so it was in that moment, I shifted my mindset and I started to be really open to being really curious about people's backgrounds, showing up to what was more in-person events. And now, unfortunately, you know, is, is virtual and that's a different world right now. But a personal experience was that I started to, again, really network with a variety of different people as much as I could. And it actually got me into the company where I'm at today because of just having continuous conversations. And it took about probably six months to going from, I was in an agency of recruitment into the corporate world, which is a little tougher to get into, but it was through continuous conversations. I really put myself out there again, in-person events. And so it got me into the company I'm at now. And then to couple that, so I'll kind of end this story of where it goes. Once I got into the current company I'm at now, you don't stop networking. Okay, so once you're there, you want to build your network internally. And I ended up meeting one of our heads of organizational. She's unbelievable. We were passing each other, getting a coffee, and I just started talking to her. And here we had similar backgrounds in psychology. And guess what? She became one of my biggest mentors and helped me grow my career and get promotions. So guess what? I at all times am just constantly curious about learning from people. And I think when you shift your mindset to that, that networking is about like growth, relationships and learning, that is what matters. And so that's my personal story of, you know, getting a coffee differently, looking up, you know, to people on your Zooms differently, having those ones one-on-ones when you don't need something. So that's kind of a long story and I have many more like it, but it's really shifted my life and grown my career because of that. So you mentioned about in-person events, which are not happening now, as you're aware. Yeah. And most people think networking is just LinkedIn messages to people to see if they are willing to connect and have a conversation Mm -hmm. with you. But one of the posts that resonated with me that you put on LinkedIn, uh, which I want to get more in depth with here, is there are other avenues that you can network without just besides the standard sending DM to somebody. So why don't you walk us through the other type of strategies that is networking without networking? So the first that I will say is just genuinely, again, comment on someone that you really admire on their post. And this is usually a leader at a company that you follow. And I have specific examples of where I work that candidates have commented on a hiring manager's post, the hiring manager saw, and guess what? They had an exploratory conversation and that candidate was hired, right? So start to comment. You you don't have to be some type of influencer or anything. Like that is the beauty of LinkedIn is that I can comment on Gary V's, you know, post and whether he sees it or not, it doesn't matter because guess what? Then other people below it might read what you're talking about, you know, and then someone from there could respond to you. So it's this gradual connection. So I always say definitely comment and be curious, ask questions 
inside like the feed, not necessarily just messages. And then another thing is definitely make sure in your current job, like I said, that you are networking and a way you can do that is if you have a passion project at work, for instance, a lot of companies right now are, are doing virtual volunteer or, you know, have these side innovation kind of squads lean into those, you know, we're in this virtual world all the time right now. And that is a way you can network is at your own job. Because guess what, you might be set on a project with someone outside of your team. And then a year from now, that person might leave and then bring you with them to a new opportunity, right? There's been so many times I've been on interviewing a candidate. And they said, Oh, well, you know, someone at my job brought me into this role, right? So it's doing those things that can really impact networking. Absolutely. Another thing, again, that helps is following up with, and again, it, it could be on LinkedIn, that's fine, but go to your alumni association. So alumni is everywhere. And honestly, I didn't even realize it until again, I moved to New York City of even if you went to a small college, you can find people on LinkedIn or again, go back to your school website and they have different associations throughout the country based on you know your school. Lean into alumni. It's unbelievable how connected people and how helpful they are for someone you know that went to their alma mater. It really connects you. And guess what? It's an easy conversation starter. You don't have to feel like you're putting yourself out there in such an uncomfortable way, right? It's just like a quick, again, go Buckeyes or wherever, wherever you're from. So that's always one of my favorite. And then another thing right now, Clubhouse. It is blowing up, right? You can easily go into Clubhouse and listen to people that are high leaders and entrepreneurs at some amazing companies. And guess what? In their profile, they have most of the time they link it to their Instagram or their own personal website. Click on their profiles and follow up and say why you enjoyed their talk, right? Like, link it to something. You you want to follow up with a genuine engagement. And then also, so this is like one of the last things I'll say is gratitude goes a long way. So think about someone in your network that really impacted you. And it could be from, you know, a previous boss that you reported into or a peer and just be, you know, say thank you. Thank you for your help over the last X amount of months or whatever. And it is so surprising that just putting gratitude out there to someone that had helped you along the way starts, guess what, a conversation, it starts networking, and it could open up future doors. So there's other ways out there beyond just LinkedIn, you know, in mails, there's so many more. Expanding horizon, right? Just be more creative with the networking process. Yeah, get creative. Like, you know, I mean, again, I think it's a it's a comfort thing, right? It's so much easier to just go send a message versus really going kind of like around the obstacle, right? Like being creative about it. But to me, that's the fun of it is the curiosity is what guides you in those other directions though. What are your thoughts on Clubhouse? Are companies, I believe, I, I recall that there was this room, I think a few weeks ago or a month back that these recruiters from like a top company and people were just able to just go in and just pitch them in terms of like interview process or what have you. Do you think that's more prominent now in terms of like companies getting more involved in Clubhouse to see if they can find good candidates? It's interesting because from a recruiter standpoint, 
we are trying to get more creative, right? I always say this. And as you said earlier, submitting just resumes or a resume alone does not really tell the true story and potential of a candidate. So I wouldn't be surprised. And because it's voice activated or it's just voice only, it takes away a bias, right? We're allowed to just truly listen to someone versus seeing a resume or or something. So it's interesting. I, I honestly haven't done it yet. I mean, I'm on Clubhouse and I've been very involved from like a career coaching standpoint. I haven't really looked for candidates on it. But to be honest, I think it's a really interesting concept because it's allowing candidates to show up and articulate why they can add value in probably 30 to 60 seconds. That's going to be way more valuable than bullet points on a resume. Do you still think that resume is still critical in the like, hiring process? So let's say you network with somebody they would probably want a resume regardless, right? So that's still essential. Yes, but I am not a huge proponent of like spending so much time on perfecting and changing and paying someone to just write up a resume, right? Like to me, the value is in like the networking piece, how you pitch yourself in an interview, right? You could have the best resume ever, but if you're not prepared for the interviews, then you're just going to get a foot in the door and then you're not going to move forward. So of course it's essential, but I wouldn't spend as much time putting all your time into that piece. And in terms of having a good interaction with someone you meet, let's say, for example, you do end up being able to have a conversation with someone at your dream company. Mm-hmm. What type of questions should someone ask? Obviously, the red flags are like, don't ask for a job, don't ask for a referral. We know that. But what other type of questions should you ask with this person to help you gain more knowledge of the company and also yeah. show genuine interest in them and the company? Like, again, I think this depends on maybe like the function you're currently in. But what I would say is take a step back and what are you truly curious about, right? Like, don't go off of the questions that, you think might get a response. Go for something, like I said, specific and concise that is actually going to kind of take the person back, right? So maybe you're really curious about how they got a promotion. You know, I, I saw that you were promoted three times in five years. That That's really great. What is the growth trajectory like at, at that certain company? Also, I encourage people to talk to those that when you look at someone's background at a specific company that you're interested in, and you've seen them maybe change functions of a job, for instance, maybe they went from the media side into like brand marketing, and you're curious about that, like, ask about it. Hey, I see that you did this. Do you have a specific skill that helped you transition, right? Or comment on people have tons of certificates now and masters and MBAs and all this. Maybe ask like, you know, do you think this is valuable? I don't have that, right? Calling out your own gaps. Is this an area where you would suggest me upskilling on SEO or should I upskill on this area, right? Specific question, someone can answer that concisely, right? So those kinds of questions to me are a way to start the conversation. And again, I think to keep in mind, these are conversation starters. When you have such a broad question that's like, tell me about your career trajectory over 10 years. Well, that's like I said, that's a whole 30 minute conversation. So take it in baby steps, right? Take like, think of networking. Think of the conversation is like walking up a mountain a little bit. You can't just jump to the top. So start to like plant the seeds with those 
more specific questions. The big thing that a lot of professionals don't do is follow up after the first conversation. So what tends to happen is you have a great conversation and then you never talk to the person again or there's there's no follow-up. And mm-hmm. obviously, in terms, as, as we both know, it, it takes more than one conversation to build a relationship. So how would you continue the conversation after the first one has been completed? Yeah, it's a good question because you're right. There's a lot of people that are just like, well, but they're not going to hire me right now, right? I'm just going to move on. But again, follow up with a thank you, follow up with gratitude. You'd be surprised how many people I've either interviewed or talked with that I haven't received that, right? It's the people that follow up with a genuine thank you. And then again, a follow-up question. So maybe put it on your calendar. If, if you're like me, I live by my calendar. So maybe put it on there to say, follow up with this person from this specific company and check in with them. And maybe if you don't get a response, try again. You know, keep showing up in a way that is also adding value. So maybe another thing that I would suggest is if they're at a specific company, there's press on the smallest and largest of companies. Maybe you saw something in in the press on a blog, follow up and like share with them, let them know that you're paying attention to the company and that you're still interested. Because there's been several times where I didn't even realize something from like, I'm at a global beauty brand and there's so much out there, right? There's certain times where candidates will follow up and say, Hey, I saw like, this is happening. That's so cool. That's a great way to show back up and say that you're still, you know, interested and you just want to continue the conversation. So you would recommend, so let's say there's a company you want to work for, you already had the conversation with this individual, and then mm-hmm. you keep tabs through like the social media profile, news article, whatever, and you found something that's interesting. So you could actually like follow up with that. Just say, hey, I, I found this interesting article. What's your thoughts on it? Is, is that where you're going with it? Yeah, just like add value, right? Let them know that you're interested and curious. Or is it something that you worked on recently and you want to share with them to say, Hey, you know, after our conversation, I went back, thought more about business and like, again, think of it as a a, a relationship and it's not one-sided. So what can you show up and say, Hey, you thought about this as a solution or is there a new opportunity check back in? Is there a new opportunity after, you know, having such a strong quarter following the business? Again, it has to come from a place of authenticity and and it shows, right? Like I think that's the basis of networking is when you actually do care, then it works. Just to um, sidetrack a little bit, a lot of people that go into sales, they struggle and they get all this training to make them better salespeople. But the issue and the biggest thing that I was taught is that you have to actually believe in what you're selling, which is similar to networking. You have to actually mm-hmm. be authentic because people can yeah. tell whether you're just there to talk to them for a job or you actually talk to them because you're actually interested as them as a person, as well as the company and what they're trying to do. Right? Yeah. So I, that's such a good point. And this is kind of the way I think of networking is I would rather have less of a broader network and have smaller, but more impactful relationships, right? Because then those people are going to know me on a deeper level. They're going to remember me more than just having 30 people that I've connected with in these exploratory conversations. And I never follow up with any of them. Well, what good is that going to do? So to me, I would focus on quality, focus on really being smart about who you talk with, building those relationships versus just 
a widespread cold calling approach. So it's all about being targeted. So it's not like reservations apply in Castle Wine. It's all about building and cultivating a handful of relationships to help you get to the next level. Yeah, because look, when you think about it this way, if you're really genuinely interested in a specific company, right? Your top three, think about it. And you're going to really dig deep into people that work there, have more specific questions. You're going to actually be more dedicated to building those relationships versus if you are just putting feelers out there to all these different recruiters and people, you're going to want to forget how many times people have mistaken my company for a different company. I'm like, well, you just took that and right. So just think of it in that way. Like you want it to be more deeply like connected in in some other way versus just throwing a wide net. You're going to forget. It's not going to be meaningful. Great. And to cap off this conversation, I wanted to ask you in terms of what was your number one resource in terms of whether it's a book, a podcast, a YouTube channel, organization that propel you into the career that you have now? Oh my gosh, it was a lot of things. To be honest, it's it's a mix of a lot, like a, my own personal work, to be honest, because I had to, for me, it was allowing me to see all my potential that I was holding inside. So to me, start with the individual. Like I learned a lot. I I took time to really dig deeper into Malcolm Gladwell's books. There's, you know, Gabby Bernstein to help me like look at more of abundance and that type of work. So I started more there. And then I moved more into like leadership reading and, and different podcasts that helped me become, you know, more of a lead. Brene Brown, huge, I mean, amazing individual to, to read and listen to podcasts. Michelle Obama's book really changed my life from a perspective of being a female in the professional world. And yeah, so I, I think like, if you're looking at how to kind of learn, I think it's important to learn about yourself first, right? Start to understand what you really want, what really motivates you, what your strengths are and potential. And then move from there, go into leadership, go into networking. But if you're kind of jumping to the end, to me, you're missing out on this opportunity to really like learn more about yourself, which then again, creates the growth long-term for for the end. So that was some random books in there. But yeah, from a podcast perspective, like I said, definitely Brene Brown, Jay Shetty, I have on repeat from a mindset perspective to keep me, to keep me motivated. You're you're definitely going to keep my listeners busy with all that content you uh, suggested. Sorry, get started now. <laughs> but I do agree with you in terms of like, it's a, you have to build a foundation. You can't just race to the end. You have to find out like exactly. yourself, like who are you? And then yeah. how you can elevate yourself to the next level, right? But you have to find out within first. Yeah, take that space for a moment. We We sprint ahead and then guess what? You get a job really quickly. And then you realize, oh, wait, this isn't for me. And it's a bandaid on top of everything. And it's because you didn't do the previous work, right? The last one I'll add in is Buddha and the Badass. That's probably another one of my favorite ones. It's, you know, about balancing that inner transformation along with the long-term acceleration of your career. Great. Really appreciate you spending some time with me to discuss more on networking. I think it's a topic that a lot of people want to get better at, but they just don't know how. So the insights you gave us is going to be very useful for my audience. So how can people find you online to know more about your work and what you do? Yeah. So I'm very, very active on LinkedIn. I post a lot on there and love to connect with you. So 
use what I gave you in this to connect with me and say you listen you know, to Max's podcast and I'm happy to chat with you. I'm also very active on Instagram. So I have my own side career coaching business, be well underscore mindset. And then BeWellMindset.com is my website and happy, you know, to work with you as well. So I do career coaching on the side coupled with mindset. So a lot of what we talked about today, right? What holds us back? How do we overcome our limiting beliefs to get ahead and, and create growth and transformation in our career? So I look forward to connecting with you all. And to end the networking conversation in one sentence, what should people take away in terms of being able to build a network authentically and effectively? To me, you have nothing to lose in networking. So be authentic, right? You, you, you literally have nothing to lose. So that's what I would suggest. Just put yourself out there. And for those that are going to want to connect with you will attract you know, to you as a connection. And those that don't, that's okay. That's great. Because again, not everybody's going to like you and, and that's okay, right? You yeah. just want to find the ones that do and then you, you build together. Yeah, I love that. Thanks so much for having me. Definitely. Appreciate the time. Of course. Have a good one. Thank you. Brittany shared tons of tips on effective networking strategies. And I'm going to take a few minutes here to highlight some of them that are very helpful in helping you get to the next step of your career. The first is when you message people, stay away from long DMs. Recruiters and other professionals are fairly busy. So if you send a long DM, they are not going to read it. Brittany's advice is be concise, get to the point, add value, and then also go for a direct ask so they know how to respond to your message. The second is network with your peers at your target company. Way too many professionals on LinkedIn only network with recruiters. But recruiters are only the first step in the job application stage. Their main goal is to shortlist the hundreds of candidates that submit their application online and send the select few to the hiring manager or hiring team to interview these candidates to see who would be the best fit for the role that they're looking to fill. If you want to stay one step ahead of the game, you should be networking with people at your target company in specific departments and teams that you're looking to join. When you talk to these professionals, they will tend to know more about the role, more about the team, so you can find out what they're looking for to make you a more aligned candidate with the skills they're looking for in order to get the job done. And the last thing I want to highlight is that you need to network when you don't need something. Many professionals only start networking when they're looking for a job and they get disappointed when they don't get the results that they're looking for quickly. Networking will always be a long-term game and it's always better to build a network when you don't need it. Because when you're building a network and you're desperate for a job, professionals can feel that out and they're not willing to help you. Again, Brittany's three principles of networking is growth, relationships, and learning. If you go into networking with that mindset, you will land a ton of more opportunities and grow your career successfully long-term. Again, this is Chan with The Plan The Podcast. I'm your host, Max Chan. If you found this episode helpful, I would really appreciate it if you share it with your friends and family to help support the show. I post new episodes every Tuesday on all popular podcast platforms such as Apple and Spotify. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn where I post daily content on topics such as job search, career advice, and personal branding. That's it for me, and I'll see you next time.